0: How do I balance focusing on fundraising, which as many say is a full-time job and it is with still running my company, you know, trying to have month over month growth and user acquisitions and all the other things that, you know, social media be able to show traction when, when investors say, well, how's it going?
1: Welcome to the iFun Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFun Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. Yo, listeners, welcome to the Jewish version of the iPhone Women Show. Shira Yevin is obviously someone I am close with, and I'm close with through the iPhone Women community. We've been working together for a million years, it seems, and Gritty and Pink is her business. Miss Shira, welcome to the iPhone Women Show with Karen Khan. We need to make you a theme song, I'm thinking. Well, we actually have really dope music. I'm just in a really like, good mood today. <laughs> I'm also on day two of podcasting in my sunglasses, which is my Kara Swisher power move. And I'm feeling so good about it. For the listeners who can't see, I'm wearing my sunglasses again. And I'm also wearing a pink flannel as an homage to Shira <laughs> and Gritty and Pink. So, Shera, welcome to the show. Tell us all the things. Tell us about Gritty and Pink. Give us your elevator pitch. Let's talk. Sure.
0: Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Karen, you have definitely impacted my trajectory in immeasurable ways. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. So Grady and Pink is a new platform to empower women in music. And we are building In Pink, which is essentially a female-powered upwork for the music industry. You know, back in the day, my band was on the Vans Warped Tour, which is a very male-dominated, long-running music festival. No female musicians on stage, literally not one. So we crashed the tour in a pink RV and ended up getting invited back to host a stage for female artists. And we hosted over 300 women including the rock icon Joan Jett, Hello, and Paramore. Oh my okay. On their oh first ever tour. You
1: had me at Joan Jett sure, sure. and I love Paramore too by the way.
0: Yes, and we got honored in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Warp Tour exhibit. So I'm in there next to Joan Jett's bra and our set list. Joan Jett actually graced the stage. She came on to the Sheer Girl stage at the Warp Tour Cleveland. It was the last day of the tour, and we performed Bad Reputation. And she told me before we went on, I was going to sing. She was going to play guitar and sing Back Up. You know, this was in 2006. So Joan was actually playing, you know, the main stage, but she would ride her bike over every day to watch the girl bands at the side of the little pink stage. And she actually scouted bands to sign to her label Blackheart Records. I'm literally over here with my mouth wide open, like dying. And I know you for a long time. And
1: I did not know this story. Yeah. I love a new story. Yes. Yeah. And for those youngsters who are listening, Joan Jett and her band, The Blackhearts, were seriously and are seriously iconic.
0: Yes. She definitely influenced, you know, all the bands and musicians of my generation, the Riot Grrrl movement, you know, like Bikini Kill. She influenced all those bands. And, you know, the thing is, she was so supportive. So this is another great little Joan Jett gem story from that tour. Halfway through the tour, my drummer and guitarist quit. They were very young, and it was a grueling tour. And anyone in the industry who's done warp tour knows it's it's literally the hardest tour. It's the New York City of tours. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. You start at 7 a.m. <laughs> they don't tell you when you play until like half hour before doors. You're outside, you're in Phoenix, Texas, you're sweating. I mean, it's just, you know, you're you're lucky if you get a shower. It's a hundred bands on a hot, you know, black top. It's crazy. But it's also a legendary tour that you know, launched the careers of Blink-182, Green Day, you know, Sublime, No Doubt was on the very first tour. And so halfway through the tour, half my band quit. Like my guitarist was like 16. They were very young. And I got a knock on my RV door. Joan Jett is standing there. Can I come in? (laughs) So she sits down. It's crazy. She sits down on my couch in the RV and she says, listen, And she looks at me like so intense, you know, with her eyes. And she goes, oh, yeah. She said, you're doing a good thing. Girls like that make girls like us look bad. And you have to keep going. You're, you know, you're doing it. And I had to keep going because Joan Jett told me so. So I I flew in a friend and one of the drummers from another band came and filled in. And, you know, we did it. But just, you know, it it really like got to my soul.
1: Okay. So Shira, tell us about the business. And then tell us about the problem that you want help Working through today,
0: absolutely. So, you know, the whole Warp Tour thing just started me off on this crusade to carve out space for women in in the music industry, which is a male-dominated space. So, the goal of In Pink is to connect industry pros looking to hire diverse women with diverse community of female creators. And we actually started as. A live event series pre-covid and it was incredible we had over 40 of la's best female musicians the basis for pink you know came out we really created get out of yeah, here eva gardner she's amazing COVID hit you know we, we went to live streams we started getting you know huge live stream audiences 1500 people at the same time i got laid off from my job i had another life in the alcohol industry so i was <sighs> music industry adjacent right but doing that i did marketing sales brand partnerships. I spoke at by about brands and artists working together.
1: It's also interrelated, and it's great you had that experience marketing an Alkbev brand.
0: Absolutely. So that's how I learned about totally. the startup ecosystem, you know, because I always knew I wanted to do my own thing and be an entrepreneur. But until you're in it, you don't really get how it works, you know. And all of a sudden, I saw that my founder raised $9 million, which to me seemed like overnight, you know, and she was new in the industry and kind of brought me into...
1: But it wasn't probably overnight. Right. I would imagine. Right.
0: No, it was over couple years but it was it was incredible she was incredible at fundraising I saw how she worked a room rallied people around her and it was inspiring and so I left and she said I'll help you in any way I can you know and and I just I, every time I tried, though, I will say every time I tried to leave the alcohol industry, like I would get an offer I couldn't refuse, you know. So I found myself back in the industry working for Owl's Brew Boozy Tea. The founder, Jenny Rips, her and I went to Penn the same year. And, you know, she called me up just like literally a month after I left Bev to do Gritty. She was like, I need your help. You know, I'm, I knew everyone she needed to know at the distributor in the state. So I said, OK, I'll help you. I took this job. Okay, now we have something to pay the bills, you know, pay the mortgage. Uh, Well,
1: exactly. So signpost entrepreneurs. In almost every podcast we have done, we have signposted the fact that smart founders have a day job or a well-paying job while they're getting their business started because you're not getting paid anything. All the money is just going out the door from getting your platform built and all the things. You have to have a source of income. So you taking this job was very smart. Yeah, at the
0: time, you know, I had like cognitive dissonance about it because I was like, oh, you know, I want to do this thing and my taking the easy way out but it allowed me to, you know, get some savings and then pandemic hit, boom, they had to do layoffs and all of a sudden, you know, I found myself unemployed, fun-employed and I said, okay, <laughs> Time to Google how to write a business plan. You know, like I was like, this is it, is my moment. And it really was a gift because it I bought time. Like from then on, I was all systems ago. I was like, we're doing this, you know, this is gonna be a business. I'm gonna figure it out. How
1: did you find iFun
0: Women? Social media. I'm curious. Instagram. I'll never forget the first time I saw you. You were doing an Instagram live, and I was like, this woman's got chutzpah. I gotta figure out, you know. <laughs> and then a Jewish girl loves a sale. You guys ran like a 50% off sale or something for Black Friday. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. and
1: This is hilarious. You know, and,
0: I, and I literally thought to myself, you know, when you're like bootstrapping going off your savings, like every cent is important. And I just thought, well, either I'm going to fundraise and it, this is this investment's going to like pay off or it won't work. And then, you know, and then I'll just quit. And here and we win. are
1: like two years later. Yeah. Okay. So you started with doing live events because that's kind of what you knew. Yes. I remember when the pivot happened because I was, we were both kind of like, dude, the live events thing, especially during COVID, we couldn't even see the forest through the trees. And what you really wanted to do was get women in the industry jobs. And so pivoting to a tech marketplace was just so natural. You pivoted that deck. I will never forget it. We had a coaching call. I think it was one week. And then eight business days later, I had you on my social again. I'm like, how does she need coaching again? <laughs> no, you were like, I want to show you the pivot in my deck. And literally you had just done it.
0: It was incredible. Which was amazing. Thank you. Well, and also we, you know, we had already started to build an online network, but we were thinking of a freemium model. And so and you had said, listen, yes, you can monetize, you know, the women and the artists, but she's like, but you were thinking, let's think bigger, right? How do we redistribute the wealth in this male-dominated industry? And you know, it comes down to getting women hired and getting them paid, period.
1: So what is the problem we can help you think through and solve today? Yeah. Miss Shira Yevin, my sister from another
0: <laughs> So, you know, I've been working for a while on trying to get this pre-seed round, I don't want to say off the ground, but to get it closed.
1: And how much are you raising?
0: We're raising $1 million. We are going to have a rolling close, but we're kicking it off International Women's Day, March 8th. And then we are currently in the Long Beach Accelerator program. So their demo day is April 6th. So we're going to give it another month so we can include the investors in the demo day. But they were our first check-in, 100K. That's, wait a second. First of all,
1: congratulations. We do not stop and celebrate. That's a big Thank win. You. That's not a little win. Yes. You are one tenth of the way there to your raise being done. And that accelerator, for those who don't know, is extraordinarily prestigious, especially for music and entertainment. So, number one, congrats on getting in. Thank you. And number two, that investment size sounds like more than they typically do. Did you finagle some extra dough? It's so
0: funny. They have a range of what they usually invest. So it's usually about 80 to 100. But we were... We were valued very nicely, I will say. Good. We, we were valued more than the standard valuation, and I'll kind of leave it at that. But That's their funding partner is Sunstone. They're incredible partner. They have indicated interest in follow-on investing, and they took right. a very close look at our model, our traction, and were impressed with what we did and you know felt that this was worth it. So- you know, I was very proud at the deal we came out of with it because normally they say accelerators is very expensive equity, but I mean, they are providing incredible value. I literally just got off a session where we're talking about self care. Like, whoever talks about that, you know, and they go through everything. That
1: is fabulous. Yeah. Did they write the check already, or do you get? They wrote the, at the check,
0: end? so it comes in four payments. Oh, so I have great. like half, and then we have half to go. So that ex- some accelerators are more focused on on fundraising. I'm actually in another program right now with Dream Ventures, Annie Evans, who I also met through you, and her yes. program is more focused. It's for female founders, but it's more focused specifically around fundraising. You know, she offers templates and things like that. It's a different kind of you know accelerator. Like they don't invest or take equity or anything like that.
1: Just for people to know about Dream yes. Ventures, and again, like. We don't make any money from Dream Ventures. Like it's not a paid partnership. Yeah. However, Annie, we were her beta tester, her kind of guinea pig. I Fund Women Incorporated. In March of 2019, mm-hmm. I hired Annie as my seed round coach. That's great. I am a very firm believer in hiring coaches when you need them, especially around fundraising. And I hired Annie because she had been there, done that. And she was thinking about starting this firm to help female founders raise their first round of capital. So she was testing a type of raise with us, which I'm not going to get too into the weeds yeah. on. But net net, we wanted to raise 750 We raised $2 million. Amazing. Yes, we had traction. Just like you, you're raising the money. But having someone like Annie and Dream Ventures that template, the program that she has built out was sort of built from the Women seed round, which is, so I'm so happy you're working Thank with her. Thank you, yeah, no, very she's, grateful. She's legit.
0: It's been incredible, but you know, that is a program focused on fundraising, whereas the Long Beach Accelerator does touch upon fundraising as one of the modules, but they go into customer acquisition, we go into pricing, I mean, they really walk us through growth strategies, sales tactics, I mean, their focus is in helping us, you know, actually become, you know, a profitable business.
1: I love that. I want to I want to see like the pricing strategy stuff. We're yeah. like pricing I think is one of the hardest yes. things with a marketplace. Yes. It's really hard. It is. But you need to raise another 900,000. So here
0: here's the bottom is that line. It's a very long winded way, long story longer of telling you my problem. How do I balance <laughs> focusing on fundraising, which as many say is a full-time job and it is, with still running my company, you know, trying to have month over month growth and user acquisitions and all the other things that, you know, social media yeah. be able to show traction when, when investors say, well, how it's, how's it going? Right. And we, we do events. We have our first in-person event coming up March 5th we have over 50 women doing an all female jam. Like we have so much going on. Right. And I'm juggling and I'm just like, am I, like who tries to do an event three days before, you know, they're trying to close around. But then I think, let me get investors to this event. Let me let them Absolutely. experience the magic Just do of it. the community. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I get your problem. This is not an easy solve. So I'm going to give you a bunch of Great. thoughts. Well, first couple yes. questions. So are you a one, literally a one woman band or do you have any help? Do you have any interns? Do you have any like social people? I
0: have help. Oh my God, it's amazing. I have incredible interns. Shout out to my team. Love them so much. They pretty much run my all the socials. I'm the only one who's full time, you know? Yep. I have an incredible team. So I do try to leverage that as much as possible.
1: But the reality is you, you have a tech platform, yes. legit. You have customers, you have revenue and you have to run the business. And yes, raising capital is a full time job. So when we raised our seed round, we were a year and a half in, about a half a million dollars in revenue, annual revenue. We knew we had to show traction, like a lot of it, because women. I had seven full-time employees. And it still took me, even though we seemed to raise the round really quickly, it was only when I hired Annie when it went quickly. Because I had been trying for like a good year before that. And it was impossible. I was building up traction just like you, chasing after deals, chasing after crowdfunders, coaching people for free. Like I was doing everything I could to just get the traction going for the platform and for the revenue and customer growth and all the things. And so I was unsuccessfully raising while doing that. It wasn't until I was like, all right, we had enough money to hire some full-time people and... It wasn't until then where I was able to say, okay, I'm hiring Annie. But they had this amazing accelerator program that we were accepted into. And then the culminating pitch competition was in November of 2018. Okay. We won. We won our first, we won $100,000 investment from Able Partners. Shout out Able. And that kicked off our raise. That was in November. And we finished our raise in April. It officially closed in Mm mid-April of 2019. So let's call it six months Mm -hmm. of hardcore, like, all I'm doing is raising this money. And I had a coach and I had people. So there's a couple ways to think about it. And it's not an easy answer, Shira. The truth is, like I had people. I had full-time people that could coach and that could do the tech. I was thinking for you, and I don't know how you feel about this. How do you feel about equity crowdfunding?
0: It's so funny. Literally, I just got an email before getting on this call of someone offering to introduce me to someone at Republic. Are you lying? No, not at all.
1: Okay. This is so bizarre. (laughs) Listeners, I want you to know something. I haven't talked to Shira in months. That's weird. (laughs) That's weird.
0: I haven't honestly had a lot of thought put into it, but a couple thoughts come up now. First of all, You know, and we talked about this. The reason why I sort of chose to go on a different path from crowdfunding was because I felt that based on people I knew that had done crowdfunding, that it was... Gonna be the same amount of energy and effort, but it would just be like adding some zeros, like you know, pitching like my friend or my you know family versus like an investor that maybe has a few more zeros in the bank. Either way, I'm gonna be working my butt off, you know, pounding the payment, making calls, making emails, and you know, and and I kind of just I was like rather than go after my friends, you know, I, I'm I'm not a person who has like so many high net worth individuals in my immediate you know friend circle. Like yeah, I know some, but the idea of it was like I would rather be going after people that you know are investors that get the space that maybe had a successful yeah, right the big checks as, as, yeah exactly so it seemed like it was like a work smarter not harder thing
1: so i think that that is true for rewards based crowdfunding which is what we do is really for early stage getting your mvp off the ground and all that jazz you know we've had people raise 350 400000 it's a small handful yeah. of people it's mostly you know in those smaller ranges which is fine cuz that's what they need at that time The reason I am bringing up equity crowdfunding is because it's going to take you less time to raise a million dollars doing that than it is pounding the pavement and doing term sheets and doing a million meetings. I mean, you've got to do probably like 100 meetings between 50 and 100 to raise a million bucks. First of all, I know the people at Republic, they're very good humans. So like, I don't know if there's any women owned equity crowdfunding platforms, there aren't. Not yet. Spoiler alert. Yeah, exactly. In 2023, Uh it's like spoiler alert, it's coming. But in the meantime, the people at Republic are awesome people. I've known them for a long time. They have sent us business. We coach people that equity crowdfund in Republic and there have been some really great outcomes. And what I like about it is if you only are raising a million, it's like a million 45,000, which is the threshold. If you're raising up to a million, you don't have to do audited gap financials, which is one of the big things that like, it just takes forever. It's expensive and you're just too early stage for that. And it's just a much smoother, easier process. So the reason I'm saying it is because a like we considered it for a long time for iPhone women. When you have a community of women on gritty, or on in pink, is it gritty and pink, or is it just in So pink gritty
0: now? and pink is the company, the platform. In pink is the marketplace. That's kind of how we're thinking of it. In pink is our first product, if you will.
1: All the gritty fans, all the gritty people that are on the platform that are hiring investors, and by the way, like real investors, even angels they'll put a $10,000 or 15, 20, $50,000 thing on their credit card. So I would encourage you to sort of open your mind to it. And the only reason I'm pushing this on you is because it's easier to do that than to do 50 to 100 meetings in person and schlepping your ass around God's creation with your deck. And now it's IRL land. So like you're showing up you there. It's not like you're Zooming all the time. And even the Zoom meetings, it's like to get an investor to sign a term sheet, you're doing a minimum of three to five meetings with these people. They're doing their due diligence. Mm -hmm. It's an enormous amount of work. And you know that because you've been at this for a while. And equity crowdfunding, yes, while it's work and you're hustling and marketing, you're giving people the opportunity to actually be investors. And that, in my opinion, is one of the ways that we're going to close the wealth gap for women and people of color and underrepresented communities who have no access to being in these angel networks or, you know, being an LP in a venture capital right. firm. So I love how it democratizes investing for yeah. real. Grady and pink is going all the way. So you can feel good about the fact that like, hey, you know, friends, They can give $100 and be investors in your company.
0: Yeah, that's... No, I appreciate that advice. It's good to know. Definitely something we're going to look into further. And
1: it's only one line in your cap table. That's the other thing. So it's a crowd safe you're raising on, and you can set the valuation. That's all within your control. So if you get 1,000 people to invest, you've got 1,000 fans, 1,000 potential customers and or people in the marketplace and or brand ambassadors. I'm gonna stop pushing equity crowdfunding on you, but the only reason I'm doing it is because you don't have any FTEs, full-time employees, because you need those yeah. people to focus on fundraising, especially when you're gonna be doing IRL meetings and it's all consuming or you're never gonna get that round done.
0: I still need to develop better tactics on just time management and and like, you know, and how to kind of divide up the pie.
1: Well, let's dig yeah. into that. Let's unpack that because I think that that could be extremely sure. helpful. Because so, I, I do
0: just want to let you know, it's not like I'm having the meetings and they're saying no. I'm just not having the meetings yet. And a lot of it to me comes down to warm intros and it's either, I don't know anyone to get the warm intro or people say that they will do the warm intro and then it never comes. Or
1: they try and then the person doesn't or get back that, to them. that, yeah.
0: But other than like just, you know, not like sending enough emails. And,
1: yeah. and I know we talked about warm intros being the best way. But like fuck it if you want to cold email people do it i was just on a zoom with a bunch of vcs and one of them her name is frida caper of caper capital and her and her husband mitch have arguably one of the largest funds in the united states for social impact what frida said which was super interesting was in order for people that don't have access to her and mitch can't just shoot them an email or do a warm intro. she's like i hate warm intros In fact, I always say no to them. It's the people that submit their decks through the website that get the fastest service. K-A-P-O-R.
0: I already wrote it down.
1: (laughs) But I thought that that was fascinating because it's it's something that was new to me. Because I told you, I remember I told you in a coaching call, I'm like, warm intros are the best. And I hope I didn't scare you into thinking that warm intros are all of it because you got to shoot your shot and you can't wait for these warm intros. So don't hesitate. I would say like, go through that list. I know you have that iPhone women method playbook where you've got all of your leads written down in your network map. Go through them. And the ones that you're like, damn, I wish I had that warm intro to that fund. Go to their website, submit your deck. Okay. You've nothing to lose. Absolutely. So I think what we were, I just heard you say was that It's not that you're getting no's when you get the meetings, you're getting great responses. It's just that finding time to set up the meetings and or get the warm intros and just get there. All that is so hard. Okay. I understand how hard it is to manage your time, especially when you're very passionate about your business and you want to be doing the fun part, the tech part, the outreach part, the community part. Yeah. All the fun things like that's the passion. That's why you're a fucking awesome founder you're going to win because you you live this business. And what's not awesome about people like us is sort of the more boring, nitty gritty, the whole thing of it all, which is raising capital. It's literally just all about discipline. And that's something that I am working on. How about you?
0: Definitely. I'm, w- I'm waking up now like 6am, 6, 6 6.30am every day. And I'm a night person, you know, i'm, I'm I come from nightlife. I'm
1: not going to sit here and be like, "Oh my God, it's so easy. Just time
0: block. Right. <laughs> and
1: every morning for two hours, just from six thirty to eight thirty, all you're doing is sending out emails. But like, in that valley girl voice, like that's actually what we should do. <laughs> it would be disingenuous for me to tell you that I do that because I don't. But the experts say that when you are raising a round of capital, you must Time block your days. Every single day for at least two hours, you have to dedicate it to emailing, decks, follow up, meeting making, like your raise. And it really only has to be two hours a day, but that's a lot of time. I mean, it's not in the course of your day, but it is for people like you and I who are more like highly creative and innovating and wanting to GSD on like all the other things. So, How does time blocking two hours feel to you? Real talk.
0: It feels doable in theory. (laughs) You know, I think like I'm on PST. Okay. First of all, I'm a night owl too. So like I want to do my emails at like 8 p.m. I'm crazy, but I do schedule. So do do that. So that's fine.
1: When do you think you could time block two hours? Is it 8.30 to 10.30? Is it 8 to 10?
0: So this is also where like work-life balance comes in because like, In theory-
1: Oh, there is none.
0: I try to take a walk before the sun sets. I hit that thing around like, you know, four o'clock, like, oh, I should go walk to the park or something if I hadn't worked out yet.
1: Yes. So- Oh, that's impressive. I don't even do that. There are days and days and weeks where I don't leave the house. It's very unhealthy.
0: But no, so like in theory, I would say, because I am on Pacific time, right? So a lot of times, you know, people want to meet with me in 8 a.m. in my morning, which is 11, you know, otherwise I lose them, so, and then I do have team calls and things like that, so in theory, like, the 3 to 5, but I also hit that wall where I'm like, okay, I've been on call since 7 a.m., like, I need to take a break, you know, I haven't even eaten anything, so, yeah, I guess I just have to kind of try out some different things and see what works but a lot of it too is you know I'm working around like my team schedules interns you know we do the when to meet like when can everyone meet it's the most random times like our, our team meetings vary too so but
1: would you say consistently the eight to ten o'clock hour or the seven to nine o'clock hours could be something to try out maybe just even for a week I could try it here is the net net when you are raising around a capital you can't do anything else but that and work. I hate to say it, not that you shouldn't have any fun during that work week. If you got to raise a million bucks, you got to do it. It sucks ass. I am not saying this is enjoyable. The messages and the the pings and the, hey, dude, check this out. You're going to have to shut all that shit off. No notifications. You're going to have to go into a silent black hole for an hour, hour and a half every evening and do it. And I bet you're gonna feel very good about yourself because of course you can do it. You're a very intelligent woman. There's no reason. Well, there are reasons why it's tougher for you and I to do these things, but we can do it. Okay, so Shira, we've got the time blocking thing. Good, we're doing that, fine. How is it going with other outreach? Like I know you had some strategic partners you were connected with that I'm sure are interested. So how is that going?
0: It's going amazing. We've been in talks with a lot of music companies Looking to address DEI concerns. And one strategic partner in particular, I cannot name because it's too early, but she came to town the other day. She emailed me, said, shoot me a text, let's plan to meet up. It was great. You know, these days, a lot of the meetings are on Zoom. So I do feel that meeting in person is a game changer. And Yeah. She was in town for a conference. Uh, We went out to lunch. It just so happened. A lot of other people at her company were also out at the same sushi spot and she kept calling them over and pitching my thing. I could tell she was into it and, you know, wanted to get, get everyone to fall in line. So yeah, very excited about that. Wish I could talk about it too soon, but it's a partner that I think could help us on several levels. You know, we're trying to get partners to buy into commit to hiring talent on the platform. So, you know, trying to gauge, you know, what are their needs? Because every company is different. You know, some people, you know, people are looking for, you know, different staff and freelancers and creators and contractors of all sorts. So that is super exciting. And they also do invest. So they have a fund. So that could also be like sort of a win-win,
1: win-win-win. That's a huge potential. That's amazing. Once you get the intro to the people, like you're closing them,
0: Exactly. It's just getting that intro, getting the meeting. Like you know, I'm not saying I'm closing every meeting. No, but you're getting the you're getting the real. Yeah, it's interest. not the pitch that I have trouble with. It's like getting in the room, so to speak, or the virtual room with the person. And you probably feel this way too. I think that when I have a meeting, like I could tell within the first like two minutes if they're into it or not. It's the give a shit problem, right? If they're like, "Yes, we need to empower women." Yes, <laughs> Yes. I literally yes. have like the like one VC be like, "So do we need something like this for women?" Like you just tell like, yeah. Oh,
1: I was asked that. Not only like during our seed raise, but even like, I love you to all of our investors on our cap table, but some of the investors still who have invested in us, who have written huge checks. Sometimes one of them will call me and be like, Karen, I still can't believe like how hard it is for women to raise capital. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we started Women, and that's why you invested. So we love you. <laughs> And they're like, but they're incredulous. It's hard to believe. It is. Even when you show them the data, or even when you show them in your case, the data of how women freelancers are hired less, get paid less, all the things, and you're fixing that. People are like, but do you really need this? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Okay, so that's great. Just to kind of like wrap up all the things you're doing. We're going to be time blocking. That's great. You're getting meetings. You're getting strategic partners. You're in the accelerator. Like you're very well on your way. And I know that you had been reaching out because you're very deep in the artist community also to build up your advisory team and your sort of ambassador team. What's going on with that? anything exciting to tell the people before we wrap? Yes, I have some
0: super exciting news. So first of all, we have an artist community already of over 200 artists with a collective following of 5 million on Instagram, 13 million on TikTok. So it's a lot of, you know, next big things and emerging artists. However, we've been working really hard to get, you know, artists that are major artists that are established behind our brand, you know, a recognizable name. So I'm very excited to share that we just confirmed Melissa Etheridge is going to be joining our advisory board and she is a legend. She is an icon. I mean, just the fact when you think about how she was one of the first pop stars to come out way before it was cool or trendy, it was like 92, right? Come to my window,
1: like bring it on. She's a
0: trailblazer and a pioneer. So I met with her manager. And she said, you know, Melissa really is trying to hire more women. She just shot a music video where it was an all-female crew. And she's particularly trying to hire women of color, you know? And I said, I love that. That's so in line with what we're doing. And then I said, how's that going? Like, how, how has that been? Has it been easy to find these women? No, of course not. You know, it's never easy. So... She loved what we were doing. It really just fell in line with you know with her own values and um, yeah, super super honored. So we can't wait to announce that. Oh my God,
1: Melissa is amazing, and she has Etheridge right? Farms. She's up in what Mill Valley? Yes, she
0: has she has somewhere up there organics, right? And she's a, she's in the CBD space, and she also has a foundation for opioid epidemic. And she, she I mean she does so many incredible projects for good causes and. It's really an honor. And she's such an amazing artist. Congrats on Melissa Etheridge. We are hoping this is just the start, and we hope to get a lot more, you know, big celebrity advisors on board to stand behind what we're doing. So That is going
1: to be the thing. I mean, that's Thanks. so killer. So Melissa's on board. You're launching your raise. Right, meow? Happy Women's History thank Month, you. Shira. You're making Same history. Thanks to
0: you, Karen. And, I, you know, I just want to say, again, thank you for helping us not only build out Help us build out our model, but our big vision. It's really exciting to be able to, you know, build a big vision and get people behind it. And you know, I just want to thank the IFUN Women platform and the coaches, and thank you to the team.
1: Oh my God, you're the best! All right, listen. Happy Women's History Month. We're making yes. story. Shira Yevin, Gritty and Pink. Everyone check it out. And by the way, if you are a person who identifies as a woman. Yes. And you are a person who services the music and entertainment industry in all kinds of ways, go to InPink and sign up to be part of their network so you can get hired no matter where you are. Doesn't matter because it's all virtual and you can get hired to be in the music business. And that's pretty fucking awesome.
0: InPink.com. We keep it easy. I-N-P-I-N-K inpink.com com. Yes. be part of the beta come sign up check it out get hired hire a woman it's an incredible platform we're very excited to to have you